Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Let's do this. Hump Day, Wednesday. Got John Bryce coming up in just a few minutes. Jordan DeJani in the 2 o'clock hour. Uh, I've got something going on with my sinuses, so if I sound like a different person today, my voice may be like six, seven different voices before the end of the show. Oh, dang. I wanted you to wait until your voice changed because it sounds normal now. Just not say anything. Yeah, and then it's like, oh, who was that? It brought, who, who, who brought us back in? That's Lucas. Uh-uh. That's what I'd say. Uh-uh. <laughs> I was going to say it was the dark side of Mickey uh, Ryan. <laughs> oh, man. Well, the, the deeper this the sinus thing goes, I may We're get to sound up, like the dark side. come up with a new name every time. That you sounded so just different. Just name every voice. Is it going to be like Alex mm-hmm. Doherty? Remember we had Alex Doherty mm-hmm. on the phone, and we just suddenly got demon Alex Doherty for whatever yeah, distortion I, the I phone like, line gave us. I like that. I like it. Fantastic. Because <laughs> he's the yeah, most mild-mannered guy. We, we had guitar, him in the studio Mickey, today. Uh, you know, we just keep going with it, man. Yeah, that was uh, Demon Alex Doherty was one of the most amazing <laughs> yeah. guests that we've ever had. I can't had. wait to have him back so we can just play that audio for him. Well, the Prince don't stop playing so well. He can't be a demon. He's You know, he'd be too happy. Uh, yeah. And... I, I, I mean, the Preds are on fire. The Grizz are on fire. I saw the number one seed. Corey man. Curtis tweeted, none of them have lost since December 30th. Oh, I know, man. I retweeted I saw that. that from Corey, that awesome. and it's January 12th. Mm, that's pretty good, man. Happy times for the fans here in uh, Tennessee. It's always funny, though. And for I'd their be, pro teams. For their pro teams. Oh, 100%. Mm-hmm. I, I'd be, I would be curious because there are always people who look for the best in every situation, mm. and there are always people who look for the worst. So I know that there are Titans fans out there who refuse to get excited because they just think, oh, my gosh, something terrible is going to happen. Oh, Preds, oh, my gosh, that something terrible is going to happen. I'm a Grizz fan, but I, there's no way they can keep this up because there are always those fans who think the best thing is always going to happen. Team wins two games. Oh, they're going to get the perfect draft pick. They're going to be right back on it. The Titans, they'll, they'll be great again. I just know it. They'll be great. And other people are not happy right now. <laughs> I, I want to hear from some of those people. 615-737-1045. Sky is falling. There's something you don't trust or, or about super, all this. Yeah, nervous or, in, or, because of right. what happened in the last game and the Texans didn't have all their weapons. They almost got beat without the, the you know, I guess the great play by Tannehill or they would have lost. Man, I you know, the defense, what happened? What was going on? Did they have a letdown? You know, all those things play into it, which are all attached to emotions. Mm-hmm. And fan, that's what I call fanatic. Short for fanatic. (laughs) Well, you just have to look at it this way. You don't control any of it. And I'm as superstitious as anybody. I wish I did. But none of us have any control over any of it. So all you can do is enjoy the ride. Mm. I mean, I had a buddy, and we were talking about college football season. It was one year when our team, A-State, wasn't very good. and he was just mad because they weren't good and all this stuff. This has been a few years ago because they had a pretty nice run for all those years. And I said, look, man, if you it, – it's almost like Christmas. So in the case of Arkansas State, we get six home games a year. Now, if you're Tennessee, what do you get eight home games a year? But schools like Arkansas State, Ball State, you play six, you play two money games, you know, you try to play a team you know you can beat to bring them to your place. You get six – so whatever it is, six, seven, eight, whatever you get, it's like six gifts. And you don't know what's going to happen at the end of the game. You may lose, you may win. But just to go and have the atmosphere and have the tailgate to be around your friends and your buddies and to do what you do, or if you watch it from home on your TV with your family or your buddies or mm-hmm. however you cook outside and make your wings or your whatever. Ooh, man, you're making me hungry. See, it's one of, I know you were hungry. Sorry. By the way, <laughs> Blaine drank a cup of poop before the show. <laughs> There's Lipton cup of soup.
and blind I'm glad, drank, I'm glad I threw it away, man. Lifted a cup of poop. Because I, I, I don't want to throw the company under the bus that I went to. He that. walked in. I said, hey, man, are you drinking a cup of vinaigrette dressing? Like, think about the super dark, and it looked lumpy. And he goes, no, it looks more like poop. And I don't know if we can say poop on the radio. Well, what, kind of, what kind of soup? It no, was not soup. It was a shake. It was. He called it a shake. Oh, you juicing. Yeah, it was a juice. It was. A, it was. A, it was a shake. It was what a, juice is is brown though and lumpy? It, it, I'm, it, this will give a hint to everybody where I got it because I don't want to throw it away because okay. I do go there all the time. It's called Healthy Blast. Sometimes it's green and lumpy. Right, that's what color is Grumpy. supposed to be. I was like, man, it tasted the same, but it just didn't quite look the same. <laughs> I think they might have put a little too much of uh, something in there. <laughs> But I did watch them make it, so I, you know, I know. You could at least feel confident in what yeah, went in it because yeah, you saw it. Anyway, yeah, brown yeah, and lumpy. Yeah. Um, Monsoon <laughs> Monahan says in the Zone TV chat, I was that fan, Mickey, but now I'm confident they're going to make it. And that for some reason, Lucas, I have got to get the perspective fixed on the screen. I can't see like the last word of everybody's comment, but he, he's changed. So maybe that's the fan that we're really looking for is the person who. Wasn't a believer, saw him lose to the Jets or the Texans or the Steelers game or whatever it was. And, you know, King was hurt. Maybe the person who's come back around. Maybe the person who sees, the, oh, wow, Julio got nine targets. Well, the number one seed. Something. I think that kind of makes it. Number one seed. Yeah, regardless. It's hard to win in this league, and it's a week-to-week league, and as we've been talking about the whole time. So however you win, whether it's a point or, you know, 30 points, it really doesn't matter. You won the game, so – you know how to close out and win games. So now you just hope that you're hitting in stride, especially with Julio and getting the king back, that you're sharp and you're at the best that you can represent. That doesn't guarantee you're going to win the game and go all the way to the Super Bowl, but it does guarantee that you're going to have a good performance. That's all you can ask as a player of yourself is that I gave it my best and I had I played my best and we it just wasn't meant to be. Maybe we need to put this question out on Twitter. Maybe we could phrase you it lose. this way. The, mm-hmm. your, biggest con- your biggest concern for this team and your biggest reason for optimism. Ooh. Maybe that's it. Biggest cause of concern, biggest cause for optimism. Now, Return of the King might be everybody's biggest cause for optimism. You know. And if yeah. so, maybe that's it. What's the biggest yeah. cause Just of concern? Just make sure he's first get off the bus. <laughs> Let everybody get a good look at him. He may yeah. have dropped a couple of LBs, yeah, though. Man, but he's still, you know, that 6'3", 240 pound. Yeah. Ooh. Yep, you got to tackle that today. He mean all business. Fresh legs, too. He going to be super-duper strong. Mm. What if he dropped a couple of LBs, though? Well, I and, keep saying he, he looks – and see, legs. I didn't say he lost pounds. See, that's what people equated to what I said. Yeah. I said he looked thinner. That doesn't mean he lost weight. It could be redistributed somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah, see, he, he just looks smoother. For most of us, it gets redistributed to our belly. Yeah, that's where, my, kid, that's where mine went. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody say, hey, man, you look like you can still play. I say, well, my belly's not telling me that. <laughs> I think that's why when people see Javon Curse today, it's like, what in the world? No, when I see him myself, I play with him. Oh, he can still play. He looks like it. I think he could come in in, you know, passing situations and give you a couple, couple pass rushes. He looks that ripped out. He, uh, actually, he looks the exact same as he did when he played. What in the world? It's, it's 40, how he much? He definitely now? is what his nickname is. The freak he is a freak of nature, man. I mean, the way he looks there. I'm like, man, uh, are you bodybuilding? What does he say? Oh, yeah, well, you know, on occasion, maybe. He's 45. 
Yeah, he he looked like he twenty five. Six five two sixty five is what he was listed as. Yeah, he, he's probably a little leaner, but then that made him look more ripped up. I was like, man, man, I, I missed out on those those jeans. <laughs> I, I mean, just to stay ripped like that. Uh, you know, he's probably putting in a lot of work, but man. That looked, Buddy of mine was going to a restaurant in 12 South a couple years guns. ago. I was like, whoa. He said Eddie George jogged past him, and he looked like he, just like he would just leave in a game back in the day. He said he still looked the same. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw Eddie. I, I saw when he looked like that. I said, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. He said, what are you talking about? I said, why do you have all those knots around your neck? Like, what are those big old lumps of muscle there? What are you doing? <laughs> he was like, what do you mean? I was like, hey, man, you, you, that. It's over. It's over. Stop. Dude, you, you scaring me. You making a comeback? He said, yeah, I'm getting ready for Ray Lewis coming through that door. Yeah. <laughs> Ray Lewis is not behind that door. Well, let's take a couple of these phone calls. Mark Spain, Real Estate Hotline. Mahogany in Nashville. Hello, Mahogany. I love that name, by the way. What's going on? Uh, mahogany. Appreciate you. Appreciate you, Mickey. Bland, Mickey, how y'all doing today? Man, we're just great, man. public that, service announcement. That, Ray this, Lewis ain't coming around that corner. Hey, Mahogany, it makes me feel like you just yeah, sitting out yeah, on man. a balcony looking at some water or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's Mahogany. <laughs> wow. With a, with, a, with, a, with a scotch or a bourbon in hand. Yes. You know, One in each. Like, yeah. yeah. With your feet up, man. Yeah, yes. you, know, you know, double fisting. But uh, <laughs> I was calling to uh to uh allude to what you guys were talking about earlier with the fans who are you know kind of um kind of you know always think that something bad is going to happen mm-hmm. cuz I've been a fan since the team was the Tennessee Oilers. I was a 7 8 year old kid when the team moved here. And you know I've been a fan since and there's always that thing in the back of your head like don't get too high because something bad is going to happen. Or, you know, don't get up too high because, you know, they're just going to let you down again. But mm. I, I've, I've shed, I've kind of shed all of that. Because, like, right now I just feel like like the universe is aligning. Like, if the Braves and the Georgia Bulldogs can get championships mm. in the same, like, sports calendar year, wow. why not us? Mm. Ah, so I like that. Where, Why not us? Kinda, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with it. It's just like if do it, we can too. This is our time. The stars are aligning. We've got the story. We've got the great cast of players. We've got the great coach. We've got the great organization. Mm-hmm. Why can't it be us? So that's where I'm at with it. And I mean, I put my money where my mouth mouth is too, because I placed bets at the beginning of the season that they would win the division that they would win over ten and a half games, that they would hit exactly 12 games, and that they would win the Super Bowl. And then I just doubled down on it again after they won. Mm. So why not us? Mm. I got to ask us? you, though, before we let you go, Mahogany, is it because of before Amy Vrabel and Jr. got there, there was part of the history of the Titans that kind of always let the fans down, and you think that's kind of what still – hovers in the backdrop of everybody's brain as a fan, even though they've had success these last four years? I think so. I mean, because I could just say from the standpoint of, like, my group me or my text thread, there's always, like, when something goes wrong, like, oh, classic Titans again. Mm-hmm. Or if there's, like, a, a moment, like, in the Texas game, we were up 21 nothing, and then they just start coming back. Oh, Titans are going to tighten. Mm. But – 
nonetheless, at the same time, it's just like, at this point, I'm just like, man, it, this is our year, man. Like, I, I just you feeling I it, huh? Feel any other way about it? Yes, I'm right there with mahogany, man. Go hit the balcony, grab the scotch, just enjoy yeah. the rest of your yeah, afternoon. Fisting, right? All right, let's do this. We got time to squeeze in one more phone call. Money Miles from the borough wants to talk about the same subject. Hey, Money. Hey, what's up, my guys? First off, I want to start off by saying I fear no one in these playoffs. Because first off, the three and four win teams don't make it into the playoffs, so we ain't got to worry about playing none of them. Oh, right, that's all what right. I said. <laughs> and then you know, so it's all ten plus win teams, baby. So I ain't worried about them. And uh, but the c- concern I do have is uh, I just wish our defense could take the ball away a little bit more, so we can get them extra possessions. And the reason for my optimism is is because. Think of this. It's year 2022. The Super Bowl's being played at the Rams' house. Uh, it's 22 years ago that they beat us in the Super Bowl. You got Derrick Henry, 22. A.J. Brown and Julio, 11 times 2 is 22. I'm calling it right now. Titans, Rams in the Super Bowl, 32-24, baby. That's all I got. Dang. Drop the mic. Dropping the money mic. Absolutely. Um, well, all right. Listen, we're going to put this question up on Twitter at Blaine and Mickey. You can interact there. Zone TV chat. Or you can call 615-737-1045. We do have a guest, though, coming up. John Bryce. All the latest with what's going on in college football the playoff, Georgia, everything. We'll talk about all that next coming up on Blaine and Mickey 104.5 The Zone. Blaine and Mickey 104.5 The Zone. I have to have John Bryce here on the hotline. Lucas is uh, saying hello to him. A lot of college football news going on. Yes, it is. And anybody want to call in and, and, and talk to John? I know he's, you know, Bryce, I know he's been, you know, here in Tennessee and he's kind of bounced around, but he still covers Tennessee. If they want any questions or just college football in general, hey, they can give us a call. They want to ask uh, John Bryce, or we'll ask him if we we uh, see your your question on uh, on live. Anytime we got a guest on. Coach mm-hmm. Mack, Bryce, anybody like that. If y'all got that. a question, just call Lucas like you normally would, 615-737-1045. Say, hey, I want to join the discussion. Here's my question. Mm-hmm. We'll run you right in there. And we, yeah. we, we like that kind of party. John Bryce uh, joins us now on the Mark Spain Real Estate Hotline. Bryce, uh, what do you think about the national championship game? Uh, is Kirby now ready to go on a multi-title run of his <laughs> own after this? Or should we just you know say, hey, let's? it's been 41 years. Let's enjoy this one for a minute. Yeah, I would uh, tell Georgia fans to to soak this one up. Um, much like the the Braves World Series when it arrived in '95, I thought it was um, the first of more that would come. Not necessarily in a row, but in the next few years, and and that wasn't the case. And so it's caused me to savor uh, this 2021 World Series by the Braves that much more. So uh, 41 years is a really really long time, and I would tell them to just soak it in and and not look towards that um georgia had been building to this moment for a long time i think the 2017 game fueled a lot of of what happened in the game on monday night and certainly fueled the foundation of what georgia built thereafter and and used to to make up the roster that won that game on monday night so i'm not i'm not remotely ready to proclaim georgia as um starting a new dynasty um but i congratulate georgia certainly for the win monday night so you got to go and make a bet right now for who will win the championship next season and and i'll give you bama or the field who would you pick 
Oh, Bama or the field. <laughs> he cornered you, Bryce. <laughs> yeah, we're 48 seconds in here. Sorry Dang. about that. That's yeah. There, um, oh, man, I like to gamble a little bit, so I'm going to go with the field just because mm-hmm. I'll, uh, they'll give me more teams to uh, have a vested interest in. So uh, I'll, I'll take the field, but I would expect the field to be playing against Bama in the title game. So um, I would – I mean, my early would be Ohio State versus – Bama um, for the CFP title next year. That would that would probably be who I would think looking ahead. Uh, that would that would be my projection. John Bryce joins us at John D Bryce One. You can catch all his work uh, there on Twitter or uh, Football Scoop, where they do fantastic stuff all the time. Well, John, man, you're always kind of breaking news or informing us up about a lot of different things in college football. But where is college football expansion going? And what's taking so long? And where do you want it to go? Do you or do you want it to stay the same? Um, good questions, Blaine. I appreciate it. Uh, it's supposed to be going to twelve teams. I think um, it absolutely needs to expand and get beyond the current four-team format. I know folks will say that's just going to uh, create more blowouts, or it's not going to do this, or it's not going to do that. But um, the only way to kind of work against some of these juggernaut programs, in my opinion, is to add an extra layer. We've seen it in the NFL for sure, and certainly there's there's more parity and a more level playing field at the NFL level, but we have seen some wild card teams in the NFL make it all the way to the Super Bowl and even win, I think, and we've seen it in baseball even. And so uh, I think it's needed in, in college football, and here's why I contend uh, the expansion is more important. When you see an Alabama and a Georgia um, in the in the championship game like we did on Monday night, it's not just testament to the personnel that they had on the field. It's testament to the depth of staff they had off the field. And mm. I think that that's, I think that's very significant. And so when a, when an Alabama has three to four weeks to prepare for a Cincinnati, uh, it's going to find and dissect every single weakness that the Bearcats had because, They've got so much more staff than what Cincinnati had. And I talked to a member of the Notre Dame staff that was on Notre Dame's 2018 college football playoff squad, and he told me that offensively they had like three analysts and Clemson had nine analysts uh, going into that game, plus plus all the, of course, the on-field staff being equal. But still, that's nine guys versus three. So if you're looking – just at man hours, and they don't work a 40-hour week. But if it was a 40-hour week, you're talking about 360 man hours versus 120 man hours. And so that's why I think that the depth of those coaching staff show up the more time they have to prepare. That, to me, is where the resource glut um, is most advantageous for an Alabama or a Georgia. The longer the time, the greater those additional resources have an impact on, on scouting, on planning, on finding weaknesses, on doing all of those things. So I think if you have an expanded playoff and you play some games more closely to the end of the regular season and conference championships, you might have a little bit better chance. And and look, we've seen it. We, we saw a Texas A&M team that ended up with some bad losses this year find a way to beat Alabama. So I still think that there are ways, if you expand the playoffs, for some of those lesser teams to trip up somebody uh, especially if it's a, a shorter gap. Bryce, you, you mentioned all those extra staffers. I just realized now why Alabama lost that game because Arkansas State got their key 
extra staffer in Butch Jones. <laughs> he was gone. I mean, he wasn't there to help them prepare for that championship game. So that's wow. Arkansas State really had an effect on that game. Uh, you have a straight face on. Yeah, I bet. I bet he's going to send you a Butch Jonesboro T-shirt now. <laughs> Oh wow! I'm sure I could probably get my hey, hands up without me. Yes, that's, that's right. <laughs> well, well, since we're talking about the staff and naturally the head coach gets all the credit for it, um, who were uh, was uh, I guess football scoops uh, coach of the year, and what were the factors involved in making that decision? Give us your top three and who was the winner. Yeah, there were a number of factors. The things I like about our football scope football scoop coach of the year is that we also do positional coach of the years Mm. and we also incorporate voting by our previous winners and so we didn't just name a single coach of the year or a single uh, position of the year we offered them I mean excuse me we voted on a strength and conditioning coach of the year which was uh, Georgia Scott Sinclair and we made that announcement prior to the championship game and we made uh, Brian Hart or Brian Hartline, the wide receivers coach of the year for his work at Ohio State. And so we had a number of those. And I think that that's kind of what sets it apart. We do it at the FCS level. We do it at the Division Three level. We do it at the top levels. We do a special teams coordinator. We do a defensive coordinator, offensive assistant coach of the year, all of that stuff. And I think that those are the ones that set it apart in terms of me, my personal ballot, I had um, Luke Fickle on there. I had um, Billy Napier on there, and, and these matched up with some of the national awards that I voted on as well. I had Luke Fickle on there. I had Billy Napier on there. And I want to say that my third one was perhaps um, – I can't remember. Oh, Dave Aranda. Dave Aranda. So uh, Dave Aranda was, I, I think, one of my top choices – for coach of the year and, and a lot of things. This was a year where there were a number of, I think, better than expected coaching jobs from Sam Pittman at Arkansas certainly was very mm-hmm. high up. Yeah. And I had him in top five on a couple of my uh, ballots. And so, um, again, those are the things that I like that we do at Football Scoop. We do the, the position coach of the year, the quarterback's coach of the year, uh, Zach Kitley the uh, really, really gifted offensive assistant coach who, who's done a number of great things and is seeing his career start to take off. So, and, and I was at the AFC Coaches Convention over the weekend in San Antonio from Saturday through Tuesday, um, and we hosted a mixer on Monday evening, and that was one of the, the things that we heard back from the coaches the most is that we really appreciated the fact that or uh, they really appreciated the fact that we don't just zero in on one top guy and go from there. We go all the way down to a national director of football operations award. Mm. And again, that's voted on by people in that industry around the country, the people who actually do it. And then we reach out and speak to the coaches. So that that's what I like the best is that we try our best um, to not only pay attention over the course of the season, but then to get out and talk to the coaches and really listen to them. And we've got another cool one. Um, that's my personal pet project that I'm working on for this month, and that is our uh, 2022 Minority Coaches Watch List. And um, we launched our first one. I did it a year ago in December of 20 uh, for the 2021 year, and I'm getting ready to launch our second one. And it's an intensive project, but I really like doing it. 
and shining a light on the minority coaches that are really starting to rise up in the profession. Must read football scoop by John Bryce. So Bryce, let's take this a little bit further. What's the biggest non-head coaching move from staff to staff this off season? Like not a head coach hire, but a coordinator, somebody like that moves from one school to another. What's the biggest one of those moves you've seen this off season? You know, I don't know if we're done seeing those yet. Otherwise, I would um, I would say that Jeff Levy going from Ole Miss to Oklahoma is probably my leading contender for that move right now. I think that that's a absolutely significant move. Um, I think that Jeff Levy is another guy that I would I would be surprised if Jeff Levy's not a head coach in three years. And um, I think that Oklahoma really was reeling a little bit after Lincoln left so abruptly, and they were facing a lot of things. And I think the way they handled getting Brent Venables, they had a very thorough process, and then Venables had Levy secured. By the time he was taking the job, he knew Jeff Levy was going to be his new offensive play caller. Uh, I think that sets him up for the best path to success from the start at Oklahoma and it's not often you see a coach get to take over a program that has been in really great shape but I just saw that Oklahoma finished in the top 10 for the seventh consecutive year and that's the third time in program history that it's had at least seven years in a row of top 10 finishes so he's taking over a program that overall is in really great health and now he's bringing in a guy that I think is arguably the single best offensive coordinator in college football. Wow. Uh, John. Sticking with Oklahoma, yeah. John, uh, uh, where do you think the quarterback's going to end up, uh, Caleb Williams? Yeah, there's so much chatter out there right now. Um, honestly, I think it has a lot to do with NIL opportunities. Um, I've heard some chatter about Georgia. I've heard some chatter about North Carolina. Um, more recently, it's been about Southern Cal. Obviously, he's got the relationship there with, with Lincoln Riley, and we've now seen – Jackson Dart entered the transfer portal in addition to some of these other guys uh, that were on the roster there, Keaton Slovis as well. So um, obviously there's that familiarity and there's something going on out West where they think that Lincoln Riley has somebody to bring in, or they believe that Lincoln Riley has their quarterback of the future. Because again, we already saw Keaton Slovis and Jackson Dart transfer out of the Trojans program. Hey, this, this is I wrote this down just because I know you still keep an eye and an ear on the on the Tennessee program. I was just curious because we haven't heard anything in weeks. What what's the latest on? Remember Jeremy Pruitt and his lawyer? They were going to out everybody and bring. I haven't heard anything about that. Mm. They, they had said we're going to do it by this date, and they yeah. mentioned Rick Barnes' name. What what's going yeah, on with that? He's unemployed now. The Giants staff is gone. Yeah. Yeah, he is unemployed now. He has tried very hard for the last month to get back into the college game. Um, He's tried at SEC positions. He's tried at group of five positions. Um, But, again, the expectation there is that he's going to receive a justified and lengthy show-cause penalty from the NCAA. Uh, And I think that judgment is due sooner rather than later. So um, that's an interesting situation to monitor because if with Jeremy Pruitt now unemployed and the Giants seeking an entirely new staff and with Uh, SEC teams and and other college teams not really giving him much of a look this cycle, I can see uh, frustrations again boiling over for Jeremy Pruitt in that regard, Mickey. So you think maybe we'd hear some more something from that sooner than later? 
it wouldn't be the most surprising thing to me, no, sir. Okay, uh, okay, all right. John Bryce, our guest from Football Scoop here on Blaine and Mickey. Well, John, I mean, do you think there will be some colleges, uh, coaches, head coaches, still possibly maybe filtering to the NFL? Because you're hearing a lot of names. Yeah, certainly uh, there's one not too far from me here in – uh, I'm in South Bend, so not too far away in Ann Arbor. There's one who I believe is very, very interested in returning to the NFL. And, mm-hmm. and frankly, based on people I've talked to on, on his staffs in previous years, and including just last year, uh, he's had that interest there. So Jim Harbaugh wants to get back in the NFL from a number of people that I trust greatly and a number of people at very high-profile programs including the Michigan program, have indicated that Jim Harbaugh has a desire to get back to the NFL. And I think that's why you saw both parties so amicably rework his contract after the disappointing 2020 season um, to make it more amenable for both sides should they decide to get out of the contract after this year. And if not, then I think you may see Harbaugh try to rework his Michigan deal, but he absolutely has interest in returning to the NFL. And um, look, he took a team to a Super Bowl in the NFL. And so obviously he's got some personality quirks, but we all do. And uh, he did some really good things. It's just um, the people I talked to that have worked with him have said, you've got a certain shelf life with him uh, because you either get tired of him or he either gets tired of you. Um, he's coming off his best season at Michigan, uh, and it was a historic season for Michigan. And then they were not remotely even competitive against Georgia, really, after all that time to prepare. So I think there's also a little bit of a sense of what more can Harbaugh do at Michigan because they're not recruiting like Ohio State is. I don't know. Ohio State then went out and made probably the second best non-head coaching hire that you asked me about, Mickey, and going and getting Jim Knowles away from Oklahoma State to run the Buckeyes defense. Mm. 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 We're on with John Bryce football scoop. Well, I saw an old name, and once a coach, always a ball coach, and that was what Mickey said about it. That was Gene Chizik at North Carolina, yeah. assistant head coach, <laughs> D.C. I mean, is he lining up to be, uh, you know, the head coach there at North Carolina when Mac Brown retires after this season? <laughs> no, I don't have no idea. <laughs> no, but you, I would not be surprised at that, um, Blaine. And so I would not be surprised at, at Mac Brown deciding one more season is enough. Uh, I guess he's now finished three years back at, at Carolina, I believe it is. Maybe it's just two. It, it all runs together. Uh, certainly that's been that's Chiswick's hope. Uh, obviously he's got to come in and rework a, a defense that was not only porous, but that um, a lot of times did not appear like its players were on the same page and and certainly in talking with coaches from three different schools that faced North Carolina this past season, uh, none of them talked about how ferocious or, or tough or physically or mentally tough that North Carolina defense was. So I think that's Gene Chizik's uh, first and foremost challenge is to develop a mentally and physically tougher defense. If he has a dramatic impact, he's been there before, he would probably get that shot to be the head coach. Um, but, but North Carolina's got to turn it around in a big way. And they'll have to turn it around with an all-new quarterback with Sam Howell gone and, and some other key pieces gone. So certainly that's Gene Chizik's hope. He's been very active in recent coaching cycles in trying to get additional head coaching opportunities again at the collegiate level. He went really hard after the UCF job last year after Josh Heupel was hired at the University of Tennessee and his goal 
is unabashedly to be a major college football head coach again. And, and this is a step toward an opportunity to earn that. Mm. And lastly, I know you covered Notre Dame when Brian Kelly was there. How long do you give Kelly uh, at LSU to have success? I mean, because, you know, those, you know, those administrators in the SEC, they get impatient pretty quickly. Yeah, I mean, they fired Ed Orgeron about 18, 20 months after a <laughs> national championship. Saying. Now, yeah. certainly it wasn't as uh, simple as wins and losses. Mm-hmm. There was a, uh, a figurative train wreck or multiple train wrecks off the field that, that contributed to that. But if he was if he was 10-0 and 0 when those train wrecks would have been occurring, then they would have probably worked harder to find a hazmat suit and clean it up. So um, I think that Brian Kelly will ultimately have a, a really short leash because, again, as, as down as LSU was in wins and losses this year, it's still very shortly removed from a national championship. It still has tremendous talent in its roster, even though it's depleted, and it still has tremendous talent to, re- to recruit throughout the state and also very easily able to dip into the Florida panhandle and throughout Texas along that I-10 corridor. Look, they've got a, a huge game with Florida State, maybe the opener for both teams. It's certainly in the first two weeks of the season. And I was talking with some guys this morning, and I said, look, either that game is going to give Mike Norvell a signature win and give him a chance to propel forward into big things and start Brian Kelly off inauspiciously, or it's going to really start the clock on Mike Norvell's tenure in Florida State and give Brian Kelly a big jolt coming out of the gate. So he he will not have a tremendous amount of time to prove that he's going to win at LSU. I will say Brian Kelly obviously has had undefeated seasons at uh, NCAA Division II Grand Valley State where he won a couple of titles and then had Cincinnati to an undefeated season and took them to a New Year's Six Bowl and then obviously had a a trio of undefeated seasons, I think, at Notre Dame and took them to a couple of uh, playoff appearances in a BCS title game as well. So he's won everywhere he's ever been, but he's never coached below the Mason-Dixon line. I still think there are huge adjustments coming for him. Hmm. Bryce, thank you, man. Great stuff as always. People can follow you on Twitter at John D. Bryce one or anywhere they like to consume football scoop. It is fantastic content. I always love you sharing some of it with us. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate you, John. Right, thank you a lot, boys. Happy New Year to you and uh, all your listeners. I appreciate the visit. Thank, thank you, you, sir. John Bryce, always a great guest. Uh, when we come back, we got a question out on Blaine and Mickey. Just talking about the Titans headed into this postseason, your biggest cause for optimism, your biggest cause for concern. Several people have weighed in on uh, the Blaine and Mickey Twitter account at Blaine and Mickey. Phone lines open 615-737-1045. we got Brandon from Hendersonville who wants to talk about Nissan Stadium. We'll get to that as well. It's Blaine and Mickey 1045 The Zone. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. We'll get to uh, some of these answers. Basically, Titans are headed to the playoffs. they got a bye week this week. What's your biggest concern with the Titans headed to the playoffs? What's your biggest cause for optimism? We'll get to that. You can call in and certainly share those things with us. Mark Spain Real Estate Hotline, open line, 615-737-1045. But Brandon from Hendersonville has been holding, had another topic he wanted to hit on first. Brandon, what's going on? Thanks for calling. 
Man, all right, brother, and I uh, appreciate you uh, getting the getting the call in, man. I'm a first time caller, but uh, I've been seeing some things on Facebook, and uh, I was kind of wanting y'all's opinion about possibly within the next three years they're going to update Nissan Stadium, which is, well, as we all know, a very very old <laughs> very old stadium. It's about 20 years old now, I believe, either that or it's 21. But uh, I've been seeing some things where they're going to extend out on the, I believe it's the north side of the end zone. But in my personal opinion, I was hopefully going to possibly see us getting a dome-type stadium. Uh, and I was kind of wanting y'all's opinion on what kind of stadium you guys think that the Titans would like. And, and honestly, what y'all think, what y'all would think would be a great type of stadium for Nashville to have. Because I know we, we get these crazy changes of weather. It's 71 week, and it's snowing the next. Today, like, it's so unpredictable. That's why I was thinking – a dome would be a great idea, but I was really wanting y'all's personal opinion on what what kind of stadium we should get. Brandon, that's a good call. It's funny. I wasn't even noticing any of this. Blaine brought this up like three days ago, Monday. You just mentioned it while we were talking about something, $600 million. Yeah, well, it was an article. I, yep. I forget what it was on. It might have been the Tennessean. I can't recall. Tennessean. Yeah. Yep. And so, uh, you know, it, they were talking about, you know, I guess renovating the stadium. six hundred. Hey, let's first start with this is not my money. So when it's not my money, spend all that you want. To. Yeah, I'm yeah. gonna just spend as much as I can. So here's my take: you speak, you know, you spend six hundred million dollars, you know, the next three years, and then guess what? Ten years down the road, you're gonna be like, eh, we didn't, even, we shouldn't even done that. We should have just built a new stadium. So guess what? I'm all in for a retractable stadium. Think you'll get the money back, you know, with all the events you can do indoors as well. Uh, so I'm in for another, let's say. Build a new stadium. I mean, you look at the stadium, it's old. I know that's hard to hear and digest, uh, but as the city continues to grow in the state, I mean, man, this is, I think it's probably the direction I would want to go because I feel like you're just getting a band aid here with the 600 million, then you're going to do another band aid, 600 million. Next thing you know, it was like, dang, we spent a billion. We might as well just sort of tore the stadium down and built a new one. Hey, you can go through that same phase again. And how about this? Just, you know. Just play the Titans games uh, at Vanderbilt for one season or wherever you want to, you know, somewhere close around here and then bite the bullet and and, uh, get just a a nice new stadium that uh, can uh, facilitate a lot more events and maybe potentially uh, college uh, playoff to uh, national championship game. When I see the national championship game in Lucas Oil Stadium, I get chills because I go, the Titans can get I mean, you know, the Tennessee can get one. Sure. Uh, so if we can get a Super Bowl. I mean, all those things change once you get a new stadium. I think we – I'm just going out on a limb here. I think we have enough hotels at oh my this gosh. point in time. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, I'm all in uh, when it's not my money to, to build a new one. Wasn't that the knock at one time? There weren't enough hotels downtown, so, yeah, that so was it could support the, the something like the Super Bowl. For the Super Bowl, yeah. There wasn't enough plumbing downtown for everybody to go to the bathroom yeah. when they were here. Uh, the Tennessean wrote about it. Here's an article in Sports Business Journal. It's funny. I had this pulled up for the show today. Hmm. The Metro Sports Authority, who's the landlord for the stadium, uh, could issue three hundred million in bonds, and no state or local, uh, it would be repaid with local and state taxes from the district. The Titans. Would finance another three hundred million along with some other private investors who was de- who would develop. This article said a roof is not in the plans. It would cost an extra four hundred million. I mean, at this point, man, six hundred plus four hundred. I mean, 
Right. That's what I'm getting. That's why I say all what I say. It's not our money. I want want to have, if we could have concerts, all kind of things. Football national championship. You get the college basketball national championship. You could get it if it was here. Super Bowl. It's a Super Bowl. You could get every big sporting event. You could get. We want to be part of the rotation. And you'd be in it. Yeah. Um, God, I put your chips at the table. Hey, I know it's going to hurt, but hey, it's that time. So it's saying they would activate the riverfront with boat docks and waterside dining and canoe launches. Well, yippee ki uh, A variety of stadium lounge experiences. And I love that atmosphere yeah, you're talking too. about around it. Me like too. It, just, just say a billion and then add another 500 million, say 1.5 billion. <laughs> I mean, whatever. <laughs> you can still do all those things. Well, I mean, for a cool bill, it sounds like you can put a roof on it. It's not if my it's, money. If it, and right, I wouldn't be not mad ours. If, if taxes, they do it. They're going to me. Upgrade technology and infrastructure. I mean, I know it needs that. It's, what, 23 years old. Concession stand overhaul, uh, tech-savvy vendors. I, I get that, more food options. But really, six hundred grand for more food options? Uh, 600 million. 600 million, Not 600 grand. grand. <laughs> and, then, and the other thing was that it would all get developed over there. Right. So it would be like mm-hmm. around the Battery in Atlanta or like Ballpark Village in St. Louis. You know, going right. to the game. And I get it. I, I love that. I want all of that. But that's a, that's – you know, Blaine and Mickey Investor Incorporated, and we put a restaurant, and we do. Mm-hmm. They're not asking us to put a dome over the stadium, but, you know, yeah, let's you and me build an apartment complex over there, and, and let's build, you know, some more restaurants over there and some fun stuff for people to do around. Absolutely. Just take the party from downtown and move it across the river. But they need a roof over that stadium. Yeah. Now, I do like the idea of playing a real passing savvy team on a cold, muddy field over here. Right. So I think that's a – Advantage for this team, but if you want all the stuff that comes with the new stadium, then you got to put a roof over the sucker. Yeah. Well, if you want it to be cold, you, you can put a roof on the mother sucker. It's no weather requirement if it's not, you know, crazy. If it's just cold outside, you can open up. You can have one of these new spaceship looking type stadiums, sure could. like out there in L.A. where you could feel the breeze from outside inside. <laughs> that is amazing. Yeah, you know, Dyson was telling us all about you know the one out there in L.A. Yeah, so you know you got to be creative a little bit and have some imagination, but. If you want the elements to be part of it, to be honest, you know, for a huge event like a Super Bowl or National Championship game, I really don't want it to be part of the elements in deciding the game. Oh, no, you got a closer route that day. Mm -hmm. But for the Titans, Mm -hmm. muddy track, I like that. All right, uh, Luke is going to holler at us. We're getting close to 2 o'clock. We'll take a break. We'll come back. Second hour of the show. Jordan DeJani is going to join us with NFL headlines and got our Titans question as the Titans go to the playoffs, what's your biggest cause for optimism? What's your biggest cause for concern? We'd love to talk to you about that right here on Blaine and Mickey. Yeah.